0: Welcome back Ford Explorers. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind you that we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, and we have a Patreon if you want to support us and get a subliminal shout out. And most importantly, we have our hotline. Typically, we tell you a story, but we want you to tell us a story. So call us or text us at the hotline, leave us your story, and enjoy this week's episode.
1: Later Gators. Hello, and welcome back, Ford Explorers, to the SCAT Spirit Hour. I am the Colonel. This is my son, Caleb. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're not joining us for the first time, welcome back. Uh, We are the podcast that talks about all the mysteries and weird people in the world. Today, we're talking about a slightly different subject. Usually, we tell sort of a straightforward story or maybe talk about a historical mystery. Today, we're talking about somebody who's current. You saw her in the thumbnail. We're talking about Teal Swan. Teal Swan. A very special person, but because she's basically the Alex Jones for the goop, crowd yeah we felt like we have to talk about this 100
0: percent. while we were doing discovery we kept joking that she's it's just like if uh InfoWars as close-minded as they are we're like we're not getting enough women we need more <laughs> women audience <laughs> uh, well knowing them they'd probably say female yeah um and they produced teal swan <laughs> yeah that's what came out but before we get into that
1: as always we like to start our show out we're uh haunted podcast shot on a haunted camera, owned, uh, shot in a haunted house. Uh, I also own a haunted bar. Caleb works there, yes. which means that we like to start our podcast with a little ghost report because every week we have poltergeist-like activity that happens. I mean, we've got a bar where glasses explode mm-hmm. and things. It's a pretty uh,
0: exciting place. Caleb, what happened this week? So this week, uh, there were a couple of things that happened, one of which was one of the ones I put in the category of, I'm going to immediately forget about this so I don't freak out while I'm at work. (laughs) i got to finish work. So uh, the lights, of course, have changed. If this is your first episode, there's LED lights that string up and down the bar, and they constantly change color, especially when I show up. Yeah. Uh, The joke is that one of the ghosts is the lady with the long hair. She's just super stoked to see that I'm finally at work. It's because she's got a crush on you. But uh, the thing that really freaked me out this week is... We have the motion sensor lights in our bathrooms, and a lot of people don't close the door behind them after they use the restroom. So what I typically do, if I'm walking past them, I'll turn the light off and I'll close the door. Well, I did that on one of the bathrooms, and as soon as I closed the door and it fully closed, heard it latched, nothing moving, uh, there was a knock on the window of the door. And I was like, oh, I'm going to ignore this. Was it the the far bathroom? It was the far bathroom. It's the bathroom that, if you've joined us before, I've seen... Uh, The lady with the long hair peek outside of it. I was using that bathroom once and there was a silhouette waiting outside the door. And when I opened the door, nothing was there. So that's the, that's the bathroom that the single light changes above all the time. It's
1: also the one that smells like perfume on a regular basis. It's arguably the like sort of, that's the nexus for all of our ghosty
0: hotspot shit that happens. A hundred percent. That like, it's. It's the one that feels most haunted, like the area of the bar that feels most haunted, other than the booth that's right outside of it. Yeah, that's a place where when people sit down, they're like, oh shit, what, did I just sit in a ghost? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I we legitimately had someone sit down in that booth, and they were there for maybe two minutes, and they got up and moved booths, and I was like, oh, because the bench is sometimes a little wobbly and i was like oh was the bench wobbly and they're like no we just didn't like sitting there. <laughs> they're like it felt off
1: yeah and it's a it's a weird spot i uh there's a little window there that's broken a little tiny one and i've never fixed it and i feel like if i did it would just get broken again it feels like it just feels like that's the ghost area like don't touch it leave it alone
0: we also had a lot of people in the bar this week uh it was a big event for us
1: yeah i mean we we sort of dox ourselves but it doesn't matter most of the people who watch The podcast know who we are. We live in Louisville, so the Kentucky Derby was this week, which means it was very
0: busy, especially in a bar. And with that, we kind of have this theory that the more people that are around, the more energy the ghosts have to feed off. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of people were like looking in the back real fast. One person was like, I was behind the front bar and my kitchen's in the back and it looks like another bar. It's an open kitchen. And someone goes, "Uh, can I order from you or can I get drinks from the person in that back bar? And I was like, well, I'm standing up here, so there isn't a person in that back bar, so that's awesome right. to know. And they were like, oh, oh, oh okay. Well, yeah.
1: yeah. No, and I, I, I think there's some credence to that because, like, when I used to work at the Hotel Congress in Tucson, the first like, real haunted place I worked, when we would have larger events, that's when the weirdest shit would happen. Like, I once had a dolly disappear from right behind me. I'm not fucking kidding. It was right behind me. And that happened during a, a, a club crawl, which is like this huge event. Mm-hmm. The weirdest stuff would always happen on the biggest nights. Like, yeah. one, as a matter of fact, it's funny, I've never really thought about this, but one night, the one night that we saw a bottle come off the back bar, which, you know, that that's not as common as people want it to be, uh, we saw a bottle of wine. So the way that that bar worked is uh, we all sat in booths against the wall. The bar's on the opposite side, it's probably like 10 feet away. And we're all sitting in the booths, security, bartenders, everybody, counting stuff out. Sorry, this has become quick ghost story time, but oh, yeah. we're all sitting there counting, and because it was, it had been a club crawl night, that's a really, really big night in, in Tucson, it's a huge downtown event, and we're all counting a bunch of money, and as we're doing that, a red wine bottle came off the back bar and broke over the bar, so it went off the back bar, over the bar, and then landed on the floor between the booths and the stools. Which
0: you said, what, the bar from between the bar and the back bar was... Maybe 10 feet. 10 feet, and then you have the length of the bar itself, yeah. and And then oh, it moved. Yeah,
1: yeah, it went a distance. Yeah, Yeah, that's not falling off a shelf. That's being tossed. Yeah, it it went a distance, and everybody turned around and was like, "Okay, which one of you jokers fucking did that?" And everybody was like, "I'd love to say it was me,
0: but it wasn't." Well, I've talked before that I think ghosts do get energy off people, but I think it's the same way that like uh, Tinkerbell works. Uh, Yeah, where um, the more you believe in the ghost, the more energy it gives them. So if you took a room. Like, full of people that don't believe in ghosts and had a ghost in that room, like, proven that there's a ghost in that room, you wouldn't get much activity because they don't have that belief energy to pull off of. But if you had a room full of people that believe in ghosts and a ghost, you'd see some shit.
1: Well, that's a really, really good segue uh, for the main subject. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, very good ghost report. A wild story. And, like, a a story, anecdote. I say this every week, but if you're new to the podcast or if you just decide this is the week you want to do it, if you are an amateur ghost hunter or a professional ghost hunter, that bar has never been, that space has never been ghost hunted. Uh, It was abandoned for a very, very long time. We're the first business to be in there in the modern age. And when I rebuilt it, it very much felt like an old haunted building and it has continued to. So if anybody out there would like to come ghost hunt it, come be our guest. We already do the podcast, you know, we'll get in there at some point, but we work there plenty. Uh, But yeah, so speaking of having a belief in something until it's real, Uh uh, today we're going to talk about Teal Swan. Teal Swan is, uh, well, I think she's considered to be a lot of things. I think a lot of people consider her to be a grifter. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I feel that she is along the same lines as like an Alex Jones. So whatever you want to consider him to be, I would consider her to be as well, sort of an uh, like a social aggravator for her own financial gain. Yeah, or, I mean, in her case, it seems a lot more like clout and a lot less about finances. But I've always felt that self-help gurus who like <laughs> try to corner the market with clout instead of finances are just trying to pretend to be a little more authentic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like with self-help gurus and uh, even jealous and stuff like that, they're like, they couldn't make it as an actor. So what they did is they're like, well, I'll come up with a religion, so then people will be my fans.
1: And in some cases, like, that's sort of the, the truth, you know, like, some sometimes it does happen. I mean, you, even when you have successful celebrities, you see them turn to cults and shit like that, and what we're talking about today is definitely a cult, and mm-hmm. if you're a member of that cult and you're offended by what I said, uh, I understand, but you maybe should examine what we're saying and what other people have said. Teal definitely, I think, hit the tip of her conspiracy, or her conspiracy, like, her controversy, probably about four or five years ago. Yeah. 20, from 2016, she opened a wellness center, which we'll get into all of that stuff here in a second, but in 2016, when the rest of the world went to shit, when Harambe got shot, uh, and the rest of the world was cursed, she also started a wellness center, and we're going to get into a lot of that stuff, because she does continue to exist. Normally, when we're talking about somebody on the podcast, we're usually talking about somebody in history. We like to talk about older cases. We don't talk about conventional stuff as often. You know, obviously when we talked about the Rust case, Mm -hmm. and that that was cool, because that got us very close to the case, but with this one, it's a little bit different, but We find it interesting for a few reasons. One, um, it's a cult, and we love talking about cults. We do. We also like to differentiate cults. You know, like I've I've mentioned before when we did the 7M Films uh, episode, and we've talked about a few other cults. We've talked about Om Shinrikyo and a couple others. But when we're talking about 7M Films and what's going on with uh, the TikToker Miranda Derrick we both made the point that you can be in a cult if you want to be in a cult. Yeah. So I want to approach this episode and let everybody know that we are not judging anybody if you're in a cult. I think if you want to be in a cult, you're welcome to be in that cult. However, if you're in a cult, you also have to be receptive to the idea that others are going to have criticisms about that cult, and that's what we're doing here today. Yeah. So if you're a member of this cult, or you're a fan, or you like Teal, I feel you. Don't get super mad at us. You're just going to be spinning your wheels. It won't get you anywhere. But just know that we're examining this more as experts in this sort of thing i mean teal and i have an interesting parallel in the sense that she's not a lot older than i am we come from the same place we're both like desert rat weirdos mm-hmm. and i like i teal is not an unfamiliar character to me yeah. not specifically mary teal what's her last name bosworth bosworth but that type of person dude i <laughs> I grew up on a reservation in Arizona, which borders up against where all the white people pretend that they have a, a pseudo-reservation, which is Sedona, yeah. with their vortexes and all that stuff. And, you know, she does stuff in Sedona, and we're going to get into some of that New Age shit. But today is largely going to be about New Age cultism and the negative effects it can have on you, and also illuminating, putting kind of a lens on the fact that a lot of this stuff is just cherry-picked from elsewhere. It, You know what's ironic is I feel like You've seen Get Him to the Greek and Forgetting Cheryl Marshall, right? Yes. Russell Brand's character in that mm-hmm. movie, the way that he's criticized is funny now because that basically is Russell Brand. Yeah. He has become the guy who cherry picks these little pieces of self-wellness and self-help from all these different religions and then tries to combine them all yeah. into some made-up silly story. And Teal does the same thing. Yeah. She has stolen a lot of her stuff, and she a lot of it's really interesting, like... She gets into, you know, like the Akashic Records, which is kind of like the mental Bible of theosophists, which we'll get into. And that's Rudolf Steiner, who also gave us the Waldorf schools and organic farming. So we're going to get into a lot of weird shit today. But before we get into all of that, we'll do what we normally do. And I'll let Caleb take over and give us a little background on Mary Teal Bosworth and how she became
0: Teal Swan. So Mary Teal Bosworth or Teal Swan was born June 16th of 1984 in Santa Fe, New Mexico. But her family then moved to Logan, Utah, and she was raised in Logan, Utah. And so she lived in Logan until her teens with her parents and her younger brother, Skye.
1: Do you want to know a quick fun fact about Logan? Yes. It's where, when you're going north through Utah, it's where it starts to smell really bad. Salt Lake City smells weird. It just does. It's a salt lake. It smells weird, and there's a lot of pollution. Provo is super farty. Logan is like where it starts. That's all I have to say. If you guys are ever planning a trip from south north through Utah, just know that
0: around Logan is when the fart smell starts. Logan, Utah—it's where the smell begins. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan has a high percentage of practicing Mormons in the city because, yes. like you said, well, it's it's not that far. yeah, it's Utah and <laughs> it's not that far from Salt Lake. Yeah, and with that, Swan felt like she had religious differences and cultural differences to the people around her.
1: Yeah, no shit. So did I. But I mean, well, and that's, you know, she responded to it in an interesting fashion. You know, we've talked about it a little bit. We mentioned at the beginning of the show where we are in this part of our country. You see a lot of people who are raised in Christianity and reject it but turn to alternative religions without really fully embracing them. Like, they don't become Buddhists. They become
0: spiritual. Yeah. You know, they don't actually learn any of the religion. They just learn kind of the shit they like. Yeah, a lot of people that are like, Like, well, I meditate. And it's like, oh, you meditate. So are you Buddhist? And it's like, no, I just like sit in a room. Yeah, well, I think meditation is slightly different as a practice. But
1: we'll get into what I think you should do instead of meditation later when we're talking about it. But yeah, you definitely have. It's the yoga crowd, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. So uh, she said with these religious and cultural differences between uh, her family and school life, she never fit in anywhere. She couldn't meet her. Like, she couldn't fit in with her neighbors. She couldn't fit in at school. And because of this, she got a lot of bullying. Okay. Which I, you know, it's
1: funny about that. I also, like I said, I went to school with a lot of Mormons in Northern Arizona, same situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're dealing with a lot of the same people and uh, I've never been bullied by a Mormon. I have like I, the Mormons do a lot of stuff, but they predominantly kind of keep to themselves. Well, they keep to the, the 13 of them, but you know what I mean? Like they don't, I've never seen a kid in a white shirt and a black tie going locker to locker, jacking kids into it in the name of the latter day saints. Hey kid. <laughs> you wanna
0: talk about your Lord and Savior? <laughs> exactly.
1: Doug, no, these are dudes who ride around on bikes. Like <laughs> Mormons are annoying, but they are legitimately like maybe the most gentle people.
0: <laughs> you're you're a kid getting bullied and it's like that classic movie trope, you're a kid getting bullied and you're walking home and all of a sudden Kids on bikes come up yeah. in their ties and white t-shirts <laughs> with their helmets, and they pull up and they they drift their bikes, so suddenly they say, dink, dink, get fricked, and they bike off. <laughs> they
1: like bike up to you all aggressively, and they're like, stop, stop, you pussy, and they stop you, and they're like, have you met our Lord and Savior? And they're just like bullying you into being Mormon.
0: You're, they you're, knock
1: the Pepsi out of your hand. Yeah, you're,
0: I was about to say you're sitting at the lunch table and they're like, "Nice caffeine, loser!" And they bike off inside the school for some reason. No, so Swan said that she got immensely bullied, but a bunch of people around her were like, she was kind of rude to the people around her. She she outcasted
1: herself. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna here's a hot take that I feel like as an old man I feel more comfortable making now because I'm I'm firm in it. I've said this to you a bunch of times. I say it all the time. It's saying that was passed on to me and it's universally true. If you go into the world and you feel like one or two people out of the 10 you meet in a day were kind of rude to you, that's on them. If you go into the world and absolutely every person doesn't understand you and every person's an asshole, wrong it's you you're the asshole you're the problem you are you don't fit in you don't understand how things work yeah if you're the only one and every single person you meet sucks it's you dog you suck it's not them that's
0: mathematically impossible <laughs> so swan felt like an outcast already and then as she got older she began feeling not only mentally religiously and culturally. An outcast, but also physically an outcast. Because she felt that she was born with superpowers, right? Yes, well, yeah. Well, we'll
1: get into the, the alien. She also thinks she's an alien, mm-hmm. which, yeah, well, I mean, this is the cat spirit hour. There's a reason we picked this woman. She's a shyster, but she's an interesting one. We don't talk about
0: Ben Shapibo. <laughs> she said that she would be around other children, and all of a sudden, she'd start reacting to something. And they'd all act like it wasn't even there. So she first noticed these physical differences. She's just fucking laying into kids just slapping them on the face. She said that she noticed these differences in class when other kids didn't react to things that she was experiencing such as loud noises. Like she would hear these intense loud noises and the other kids wouldn't. Okay,
1: okay. I was thinking maybe she was just reacting to the loud noises because I was going to say there's a different thing for that. That's a different spectrum. Yeah, there's that. Which she kind of she's got some Asperger's vibes.
0: So her own mother uh, was interviewed a couple times throughout the years and her mother said that swan had hypersensitivity okay especially when it came to sound and so insults that yeah and insults but swan has a different idea and it's not hypersensitivity to sound, it's clairvoyant abilities. Yeah, she thinks she's clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so that's
1: to get into the Akashic record. I mean, that's a clairvoyant record. The idea, the the people who believe in that, the the followers of theosophy, which is kind of an eccentric religion that was invented around the same time that Kellogg was getting the Seventh-day Adventists to not jerk off and eat cornflakes. It's a weird time. You guys think that, like, all this stuff is weird. It's This is how it's always been.
0: <laughs> Kellogg, uh, one thing I will say that I know about Kellogg, not only... Not only did he think that graham crackers, uh, he was—he didn't invent them, but he used the same idea for cornflakes to stop you from your sexual urges, same as graham crackers. He also believed that you could heal your soul with yogurt enemas. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. I've tried. I definitely prefer just eating it with my mouth.
0: <laughs> I did it accidentally, and I did not feel good about myself.
1: <laughs> it's the episode of Always Sunny when he's eating them. Dennis is eating a ball of cereal. <laughs> did he he
0: rear-end someone. Yeah, yeah I, set my, I set my yogurt on the couch, and I forgot about it. Then I sat down. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that that record,
1: the Akoskic record, is this mental... It's sort of like... Think about Professor X. It's like this internet... That exists in the subconscious that you can access, and they believe that it's a record that's contributed to by every species, every like fully believe in aliens, which is what she believes that she is. Yep. Uh, they believe that it's all of the beings across time, across all universes, across all galaxies contribute to this large subconscious record, and that subconscious record is what you're accessing when you're having a thought or when you're dreaming or something like that. And a lot of the stuff that she deals about or deals with it, when it comes to repression and being bullied and stuff. All of that's coming from the Akaskic record. Like, none of it's hers. Yeah. All of that stuff. Like, so she she deals a lot. I guess we'll just get into her beliefs as well. Mm-hmm. She she obviously believes a lot in, um,
0: well, maybe we should wait. We should finish talking about her. Then we'll get into that. Sorry. So she has stated in multiple interviews, and I say all of this allegedly because none of it's been proven. And, and like
1: nothing. Yeah. The negative stuff, the positive stuff, like kind of nothing about, there's a
0: lot of lies. Yes. Uh, that she was abused uh, both physically, sexually, and psychologically from the age of six onward by a family friend. And this family friend was torturing her in the name of a satanic cult.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. is like your immediate response is, okay, believe believe victims, right? You always want to listen to people, and I respect her, and I don't think that she would be lying about being abused. But then to say that it was for satanic ritual, that's where it gets. This is, you know, so she's... What is she? She's three years older than me? Yeah. So this is like deep satanic panic.
0: Yeah. You know, like
1: for those of you who don't know about the West Memphis three, if you want to know the like tip of the satanic panic, we could definitely, we'll do an episode, I think at some point on the West Memphis three, but if you want to talk about, uh, they, there are three great documentaries on them called paradise lost one, two, and three. And they're about a group of young men who were all given life sentences for murdering a young boy that they did not murder. Uh, they found out that it was done by somebody else who lived in their neighborhood. They were, um, convicted based purely on the fact that they enjoyed metal they listen to Metallica and stuff like that, um, Black Sabbath, and the judge was such a fucking Christian doofus, and that's not an insult to Christians, but come on, guys, come on, he was such a Christian doofus that he sentenced these poor boys to life sentences without having ever checked to see if they did it, and it was purely because of that. That's that's like one of the big cases that sticks out to me when you think about the Satanic Panic, um, and. It was very easy to scapegoat pretty much anything. Look at every horror movie, everything from the 80s, the early 90s. It's all about Satan. And it would be really easy for us to be like, oh, that's so trite and stupid. But look at right now. That, I mean, that's basically the driving force behind all of these QAnon conspiracies. The really deep ones, like the adrenochrome and that sort of shit. All of that is built around this fear that somebody is hurting somebody in the name of Satan. Yes. Yeah. There are all these, like, very, very Christ-centric things, which, given how much she participates in Buddhism, I find it to be very counterintuitive to the experience that she had when she was younger but we'll get into how counterintuitive all of those experiences are in fact
0: so she said that uh, this was apparently in order to cure her of her uh, clairvoyance and her extrasensory abilities.
1: Getting sent to conversion therapy school, but to get rid of. You. I don't want yeah. you
0: reading my thoughts. And apparently, her abuse went from like lashings to cuts to even being sewn inside of a corpse. Yeah, that one is a la gnarly. All of Hoth style.
1: <laughs> I like to think of it more like a mech, you know? But yeah, like
0: Hoth, yeah, cutting open It'll the corpse. We want here. <laughs> so she also claims that she had these memories, but she repressed them. Up until she saw a Salt Lake City therapist uh, named Barbara Snow. Who was a large
1: proponent in pushing the idea of the satanic panic Yep, and was the therapist who went out of her way to be like, oh, yeah, this
0: girl's got the devil in her. Yep, Uh, and she said that Snow helped her open up these uh, memories and other memories, which I'm about to get into, (laughs) and it caused a police investigation to ensue. They went after this guy. They went after all this guy's friends, and then he immediately shut it down due to several accusations being made against Barbara and people being like, she just... She will force these memories onto people, ruin people's lives, and use them as a scapegoat for a thing that's not even happening. Yep. Yep. And that was a big part of I mean that, that still
1: happens, right? Like we see that happening now. We see it with like critical race theory. Like yeah. you can't te- teach accurate world history. You know, there's it's it's really easy to scapegoat that it's gonna corrupt the children. Because that's all Satan is. It's just corrupting the children. It's it's this really easy, impossible to prove claim. Yes And most people feel bad getting in your way because you're like, Well, I'm trying to
0: protect a child. Are you trying to harm a child? Yeah. Yeah. So she said that once Barbara opened up her memories, she opened up all her memories. And these memories uh, gave her a bit more insight on why she has these extrasensory abilities such as clairvoyance, clairsentience, and clairaudience.
1: And to explain those to the clairaudience, <laughs> that means that you hear everything, think everything, well, and can hear all thoughts. And obviously, everybody knows the other one.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, she also claimed that it unlocked memories from not only her childhood, but past lives, including that of an alien from the star Archytus... And the Indian guru Sai Baba of Shridi.
1: Yeah, yeah, she thought he was him, right?
0: ...and remembers the life clearly as her own. She was like, oh, I am this guru. I was this guru in a past life. I was also this alien in a past life. And she went on to say that these are her own words. Without the abuse and suffering I experienced, I would be someone who could give you a lot of esoteric information about the universe at large who would have no real grasp on the reality of human suffering or how to heal it. I would have only had one half of the picture of human existence. The gift of my own suffering is what I now have to full have to have the full picture, and that has drastically changed both what I teach and the way I teach it. Uh, that's just so, like, to me... I, the,
1: the reason that we talk about Alex Jones is because there's, like, a thick through-line of conservatism, like, libertarianism, bootstrap bullshit with mm-hmm. her. Like, she... I think it, you know, when she gets criticized, we'll get into the fact that, you know, well, I you did mention that none of those claims have really ever been proven. None of
0: those claims have ever and been proven. And the case was
1: immediately dropped. Yep. And since then, they haven't really been able to prove that. And when she's been, she's responded to claims that she, you know, she claims that she was modeling while she was being tortured and she was doing all these things. And people ask her, you know, like, how could you have been doing that? And she says, you know, well, you can live two lives. You can easily live two lives. Well, so if you're getting, like, choked and slashed up and all of this stuff and you're modeling, you're going to see it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just – there aren't a lot of claims. Also, I know that her mother uh, backed up a claim that it wasn't real because when she was, like, 19, she yeah. said that she, was, that she had been cut up in one of, these, one of these ceremonies, but her mother was like, no, that was, like, a self-harm thing she did when she was 19. Yeah,
0: uh, in an interview, she had uh, scars on her arms, and someone was like, what are those? And she's like, oh – Uh, What are those? (laughs) She was like, Daniel, it's from it's from the uh, ritualistic abuse I went through as a child. And then they interviewed her mom and she's like, no, she did that to herself.
1: Yeah, they just kind of she there's a lot of uh, inconsistencies here that are starting to feel like lying. But I'll let you keep going.
0: So after her mind is now open to her life, her whole life and all (laughs) the other lives she's lived before, she immediately decides I'm going to help people. And she does this by writing a book. She releases it in 2011 called The Sculptor in the Sky, which tells you all about how theres you can't have a life. You can't lose a life. You are life. So your whole whole presence is your being. And once that life is over, I'll get into her reincarnation views here in a second. But it's basically like what you do is your journey, and no one can take that away from you, but you can take it away from yourself. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll talk about the great reset and everything like that and how harmful and problematic it is. But she was like, you live all these lives. Your life is there to learn and to move on, but you don't take any of it with you. So if you're not living this life and you're not enjoying the life that you're living, reset it. Start a new life. I'll talk more about what she means by (laughs) that. But she also started her YouTube channel. And in 2012, after her popularity grew, having followers in several countries... She, because of the book, she was like, all right, I'm going to hold an in-person service. Like, a talk, basically retreat of herself, which she does a lot more. (laughs) We'll talk into later. Uh, 20 people showed up. It was in Salt Lake City. And she recorded it, and it's the first ever video on her YouTube channel.
1: And the YouTube element is important to point out. Because, yeah, you know, like Alex Jones has InfoWars or whatever. But the problem... (sighs) So you've possibly, if you're listening to this, you've maybe heard the term pipeline before. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's like the alt right pipeline or something like that, maybe you've heard that, the or maybe you've heard the, you know, the high school to prison pipeline or something like that. What it is is it's a, you know, it's a social freeway, right? Yeah. The problem with algorithms is obvious to most, but with something like this, you can be extremely manipulative in the way that you get people's attention. Yes, and that's exactly who she is. Yeah, She uses some of the gnarliest terms. Yes. Why don't I, I'll let you get into that a little bit. Yeah,
0: and I just wanna point out that this isn't just, this isn't small potatoes. At the time that we're recording this, combined, all of her videos on her YouTube channel have over 55 million views. Yeah,
1: this is not an, and bear in mind that today we're not just talking about money. Like, yes, she is a grifter and she is taking your money. However, however, more than anything, she's a very dangerous influence for people to be listening
0: to. Yeah, She's a terrible role model, and she doesn't have people's best interests in mind. So to talk a little bit more about her views, I said I was going to talk about her reincarnation views, and yeah. it's this. And I'm going to preface this by saying one of my favorite phrases is word soup. Yep, And that's when someone is trying to get a point across but knows that they're constantly losing their audience, so they need to grasp their audience. So they just say whatever the fuck comes to mind. Just exciting buzzwords. So this is straight from one of her teachings, her views on reincarnation. We are eternal. This means we have been projecting forth into our physical lives and withdrawing from them over and over and over again. You are the culmination of every life you have ever lived. When you die, you line up with everything that life has caused you to desire. That is pure positive energy. Which means that you don't drag baggage with you. You may choose to opt into new contrasts, uh, new contrasts though, based on a past life you have lived. That's <laughs> that's the most ideal. You're not born with problems; you choose to have problems. <laughs> well, and it's also
1: like the most idealistic idea of life. It's it's such a privileged notion to be like. You're definitely, there's definitely an afterlife, for sure. For sure. Like, this is definitely just a, you don't know that. That's not, it's weird to, like, guarantee people. It's like, (laughs) we, if you're going to lead people, you need, like, some certainty. And I know that we're talking about a cult, so the certainty is, yeah, I know. But still, like, that's so made up. It's so made up. It's so made up. There's no evidence. You know, one of my favorite, favorite phrases is prove it. Yeah. And I would just say to you, Teal, Prove any of this. Yes. Prove fucking any of it. Because, like, don't get me wrong. I have woken up while camping on certain... You know, more like a spring morning, and you see all the animals and shit. And I see God. I get it. I understand yeah. that. When you see people who talk about God in this energetic sense, that's sort of like this m- more like a hunch we get, and less like an actual controlling being. I understand that, and I understand that level of so-called spirituality. But that's not what she's selling. Mm-mm. She's selling something significantly more concrete and a lot more dangerous. And it's weird because it feels it's like a hippie cult if they were all Republicans. Yeah, because also well, a hippie cult. Yeah, because it's so like it's. But but it's just so like, it's, <laughs> I grew up around real hippies. Yeah. And they're the most kind, giving, yeah. sweet people. Yeah. They question people, but they're kind. A lot of people in my family are criminals and fuck-ups. We all get along just fine. Nobody judges one another. That's not what this is. No. And it's it's definitely what it's advertised as. It's 100%. like this open, accepting, like Jonestown, right? Jonestown is an interesting situation because the People's Temple was successful because... Jim Jones let people in that couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. He was open to every type of person. And fundamentally, that's a great idea. Now, his idea was, yeah, we're all equal and we're all on our way to heaven. Yeah. And that second part was the fucking dangerous part. But the first part, you have to understand that, like, sometimes when you join a group, you don't do it purely as a choice. And I think she sees it that way. Yeah, You know, like, when she gets people, these people are Googling shit like, how don't i kill myself or how do i kill myself or what happens if i shoot myself like these are people who are at the end of a rope and she knows it. she's brought it up before yeah she knows that for a fact and she's grabbing those people and filling them full of word soup yeah and it fucking they drown on it you know and
0: and to talk more about exactly what you're just saying and also before when you were talking about cherry picking like oh reincarnation so does she believe in karma no. 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 So, she this doesn't. is also from her site. It says You get <laughs> reincarnated, and at no point will they ever de- test to see if you were any good. Tarawet will not be what is weighing <laughs> your heart. She says that the idea that we must uh, be here in order to clear karma accumulate- accumulated in past lives is another very outdated, very human understanding of this universe. The current understanding of karma makes God or the universe out to be some sort of parental figure that gets to dictate what. Li- what, live, or what lives you live based on what he or it sees is essential for you to live in order for you to achieve his predetermined idea of perfection and make up for past mistakes. It says, if it seems like a past life did hold the key, it's because you managed to relate to a past life, maybe not even your past life, that better symbiotically represents your current struggle and you release the pain relative to the symbolic past life. You also released your resistance relative to that current struggle.
1: I think the people who say like, go along with this stuff are uh, sorry, pardon me. I feel like it might be easier to go along with this stuff. Like when you're meditating, cause you're just to say yes to that. This yeah. feels like terms and conditions. Yeah. You know, like
0: here's my idea on karma. Yeah. Whatever, man. When do we relax? <laughs> so to talk more about her ideas and how harmful they are to people, She focused her ministry on healing others through their psychological ailments, and she focused on repressed traumatic experiences and suicidal thoughts.
1: Yeah, so that's what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about shadow work. And while shadow work as we know it really, honestly, started with... Uh, Carl Young, Carl, which is it's interesting. We'll get into her understanding of fetishes as well, which is also very problematic um, and not something Young would have agreed with. But Young is the one who believed he was the first one to say, really, that we repress things, that we hang on to them, that we don't let them out. And that's what doing shadow work is. Shadow work, while it sounds they, I think they prefer the term I say they, (laughs) but I think self-help people prefer the term shadow work because it makes it sound uh More significant than what it is. And more mystical. Yeah, it sounds like it's something where you sit down and cast a spell. But what shadow work really is, is just holding yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. It's holding yourself accountable for how you behave, what your behavior and what your actions do to your own well-being as well as those around you. Like, shadow work is not some sophisticated dark art. You don't need to open the fucking dark hole or necronomicon to do it. You just need to look at yourself in the mirror and go, you gotta chill. Or you go talk to a therapist or something. I'm definitely not saying that it's a choice. You definitely, it helps to be guided on these things. But it's a very different thing, and it's not something that requires being in a cult.
0: So, her teaching methods sometimes involve participants imagining their own deaths. You Usually by suicide. Yeah, it's the real Gary Vanderchuk fucking way. <laughs> and that, again, like
1: every one of her examples feels like some stupid crypto bro
0: GOP shithead. Like it all yeah. just feels like a shill of the same shit. She uh, many many people that criticize her say that highly triggering comments and extreme views on suicide trickle into almost every piece of content she produces. And she has even said well, out loud... Well, it's a choice, Caleb. It's a choice. She's even said out loud that she compares her followers with su- suicidal thoughts to stray cats and orphan children. What a that fucked up way to look at orphans. They're suicidal because they have been left behind. Orphans aren't left behind. What a terrible way to look at that. Yeah. That's
1: not at all what happens. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, plenty of kids, yeah, their parents die or they get abandoned or whatever. But that's not exclusively the narrative. And also, that's not the overall narrative. That's a terrible... Also, why the fuck would you look at children like that? Yeah. Abandoned. They're human beings. They just need supervision. They don't like, they're not abandoned. They're not discarded. They're just tiny humans who now require someone else to walk them across the street. And if you can't figure that shit out, you're probably not a good member of the community. If you just see it and you see that, that I don't know, that's just very indicative to me that you don't see the humanity in in humans. And like animals, to say that about a feral animal or whatever, like that's such a shitty attitude to have. And the the people who need help, she sees as like lost souls. It's such a fucking Sandra Bullock in the blindside approach. To helping people. Yep. It's such a like patronizing way to approach somebody. And be like, oh, I've got all my shit figured out. Let me feed you and take it. Fuck you, man. Fuck yeah. you. And a lot of people don't want that kind of charity.
0: Well, that's not where her ideas of her followers, her problematic ideas of her followers, ends. She knows her audience and she knows how to gain more audience. And this is directly spoken from her mouth in an interview. She said, most people are going through a fucking huge crisis, gun to your head type of crisis. And then, you know, they typed in something like, well, how do I not kill myself? And my videos popped up. I specifically try to go for tags and things like that that capture that audience. Because when you're in a desperate state, it's not sophisticated. People, when they're in that state, usually type in shit like, I just lost my mother. What the fuck do you do? Literally. That will be the Google tagline, and I make sure my videos pop up. Dude,
1: that's terrible. I can tell you this much. I unfortunately lost my mother 11 years ago. I was a young man when she died, and it was relatively sudden, and it was traumatizing. And I can tell you what, I don't know that I would have fallen specifically for what Teal was selling. But like I said, we walk similar paths, and I don't know that I would have been that far removed from it. And it's not like (sighs) – the type of accountability that she's preaching and the type that she wants people to see – isn't real accountability. Mm-mm. It's how to effectively push the push the buck onto
0: somebody else. It is. Because it's how she is. She's never accountable for anything. Nope. Uh, to talk more that you brought up her ideas on fetishes, I pulled up one oh, of yeah, her videos. Sorry, yeah, uh, She has a very, very, like, she uses very, very extreme views and ideas and discussions to pull in people. She has said multiple times, like, she had a blog post that was called COVID-19, The Manifestation of Narcissism. And this one, a video... She meant that post. Yeah. Uh, of one of her videos is called The Secret Behind All Sexual Fetishes that talk about fetishes with children and necrophilia and how they're okay. And, you know, it, it's not a path you should go on, but if you have, you're okay. And you can use it as a learning experience. And there's no trigger warning for like it, any of the things that she talks also about. Also, like
1: it only happens once.
0: Yeah. Like, I just fucked that kid once. I, I won't do it again. What do I do? And there's no trigger warnings on any of her I material. Wait for that clip to get used against me at some point. And the crazy thing is, it doesn't have an age restriction on it.
1: yeah and that's you know that's a failure on YouTube's part but on hers as well like to not add a content warning to that stuff and if you dare try to tell me that it's because everyone should be able to see that no man like that's not necessary and we're talking about YouTube here this is a thing that is heavily used especially by like impressionable minds yeah and that's the thing that really frustrates me with her is she she has a tendency to like she speaks with a confidence that it's it's not possible to have, that you only see in con men. You only see it in self-help guru, like, shysters. And it's not different from the political ones. They're the same ones who sit there and will look straight in that camera and tell you that they absolutely know something that they know nothing about is absolutely true, and they know it for a fact. Now send them $10 so they can keep doing this good work. And it just feels to me like the people who are going to fall for this are the— the core audience of of YouTube. You yeah. know, like the impressionable people who are like, what is life like? Especially if you were young and you had something bad happen or you were feeling like you're going to kill yourself, which a teen nowadays, I don't fucking blame every single one of them for feeling that way. You're, you're going to end up on a really bad path and it's all for her benefit.
0: And the thing is, before I talk into my last big point of how this is very clearly a cult and she's a terrible person, <laughs> um, is she has shown herself to just kind of gaslight people for her own gain. One of her ex-husbands, she was like, I would love to open up your mind and get your past lives and all your repressed memories. And he's like, I don't feel comfortable with that. And she's like, no, no, trust me. You trust me, right? And he's like, I guess. So they lay down and they go through this whole thing. And she essentially tricks him into believing and saying that he is an assassin sent to kill her to stop her teachings so he can ruin the world. And then proceeds to kick him out of his own house and divorces him.
1: Jeez. Well, you know, I mean, I think he dodged a bullet there, yeah. really. But, yeah, it's, you know, her level to gaslight is profound. I mean, she's been gaslighting herself her whole life. Yeah. Realistically, like, with this satanic abuse stuff, she's probably gaslighting herself. And she's mm-hmm. probably lying to everybody else. When she, when she was challenged she re- on all of these abuse allegations in 2017, 2018, she released a video that was a response. And in that response... She explains she she's an interesting woman because, like, if you just take two steps back from the elephant in the room, you see what it is. And you also see that she like she kind of plays her hand in the most simple ways. Like she doesn't wait for the royal flush. She just plays the first pair she gets. Yeah, because in that she talks about how if you tell a child that they went and received surgery. And then they go and tell an adult that they received surgery. And that adult goes, okay, well, sure you did. And she's like, and in there is the truth. Does she not realize that she just explained to everybody what she does?
0: The, she's tabling on herself. It's funny enough that you mentioned it while we were doing discovery. I was on her website and one of the main videos on her website that is... Right underneath a button that says, pay here $40 to join to join the teal tribe, which we'll get into here oh, in a yeah, second. Oh, yeah, just
1: as an indigenous person, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. Don't fucking call it a tribe. Don't fucking call it a tribe. Don't fucking call it a tribe. I don't care if you're in that tribe. I don't care. It's disrespectful. Until we get our land back, you don't get to do shit that glamorizes anything about being indigenous, so don't fucking touch that. You're not in a tribe. That's not what it it's called. It's really fucking disrespectful, as you were. Uh,
0: The name of the video is... How to sever ties with a manipulative relationship. Yeah. <laughs> which is. Is oh. on the main fucking page. <laughs> and the video just says, close the box in the upper yeah. right corner. <laughs> it's like, five free meditations, this video, pay $40 for more teachings. <laughs> and it's like, oh. That's hilarious. But see, that's
1: a big part of how it works, right? Because if she convinces you that everyone else is manipulative and not mm-hmm. her, then she's just telling you the truth and not manipulating yeah. you. There's a, there was a clip that was leaked from, a, there was a blog post, you know, there's a there's a large group of people, they're known as the Truth Tribe, which again, guys, stop using Tribe. Uh, and there's a lot of blog posts and stuff that we went through during Discovery, and one of them has a, a clip, which we're not going to play, because she's a YouTuber too, and I know she'll go after this video. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a clip wherein she berates a man. The only man, basically, who is at this, uh, one of her um, retreats in Costa Rica, which we're going to get into in just a second about those retreats, but it's he's like the only man at this thing. He's older than everybody else, um, but he's trying to better himself, just like everybody else who participates in this, and she basically like gaslights him, tells him he's a fucking creep, and he's like, I'm not trying to be a creep, and she's like, you're a fucking creep. Your energy's fucking creepy. You're creeping every person out here. Made a grown man, we're talking like a 50-plus-year-old man, Ball his
0: eyes out. Yep. Cry. Made everyone in the room tell him why he's creepy. Yep. Being like, he creeped you out, right? Tell him why he's creepy. And for those
1: at home who are wondering, or wherever you're listening to this, those at work probably, uh, for those of you in an Amazon warehouse or bunger at your concrete factory, uh, if you're wondering, would people really fall for this? I mean, I feel like we live in a time where we don't need to make it clear that, yes, people absolutely will and do. But, yeah, man, people people are going to support this, and they're going to believe in it, and they're going to, like, back her up. They're going to come to her defense. Yeah. They're going to say that, oh, you just don't understand. When you're talking about spirituality, this big fucking fake fucking term that's used to cover up a bunch of lies and superstition, and I'm not going after organized religion. Relate- religion there I'm just talking specifically cases like this it, she's it's just so easy for her to hide and be you know because you can't prove it when you make like huge claims like I'm an alien and all this stuff it makes it very difficult to ever say you're wrong yeah because you and I think she knows that I think that Alex Jones knows that he knows that as long as he's so far out on well I mean he's now learning that through lawsuits that he isn't untouchable yeah but when he's playing his character or doing all this lunatic lunatic shit like you do have a real effect on real people and yeah. you cause people to do real stuff, and I think for her, that's the thing that she hasn't really understood yet.
0: So, the last big thing I want to talk about is the Philia Center, yeah, that's which the- oh my god, red flag to being a cult. You started a wellness center, retreat center in South and Central America. Well, and it's Costa
1: Rica specifically, too. And Costa Rica has an enormous problem with American expats, and specifically American expats who come down to do this kind of shit, Mm -hmm. that don't want to participate in the normal life in Costa Rica, that want to contribute to the economy per se, they just want to come and have their special wellness retreat there because it's cheap. And beautiful jungle, and it also happens to be one of the Central American countries where they speak a lot of English. Yeah, so Costa Rica is where you find all kinds. I know all Costa Rica is the type of place that an asshole TV lawyer, like a DUI lawyer, gets his second home.
0: Yeah, yep. So, uh, people they announced they said, Hey, we bought this hotel, it's a 14 room hotel on a coffee plantation in Costa Rica, we bought it. We're going to open our own wellness center, wellness retreat center. People immediately started trying to shut it down, sending her information to local police and the FBI. Yeah, they swatted her with the FBI. (laughs) And even funnier, they reached out to the hotel, and the hotel was like, they did not buy it from us. <laughs> they are renting it. They're renting <laughs> it for us with the option to rent to own, but they did not buy it. We still own it.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, just one of many. And then the retreats themselves are, they're nuts. And you know, yeah. like, we're talking about some really fringe shit here, right? Which is why these, again, I want everybody to know that like the more fringe a thing is, the easier it is to take your money because you can't call a crazy person crazy. If somebody says, I'm an idiot, what are you going to do? Say it again. Yeah. These retreats are ridiculous. There are things like breatharianism. For those of you who don't know what breatharianism is, please Google that. We could do an episode on those kooks and, you know, maybe in a year or whatever we will. Yeah. But basically, they believe that they, uh, sub- <laughs> they exist uh, and get nutrition from nothing more than atmosphere.
0: They don't eat. They don't. Well, that's what they say. Uh, and they, you know, they are. <laughs> I live entirely by breathing. And it's the, I think you should leave skit where you're eating a hot dog in a sleeve. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel so nourished. <laughs>
1: exactly, dude. That's exactly <laughs> it. So, yeah, it's like some of these are really nuts. Tell them about some of the other ones.
0: So at the Healing Center, she hosts an array of retreats, like we said, uh, with only about 12 to 16 spots open. Like I said, there's only 14 rooms in this retreat. Yeah. So those retreats. Costs a bundled sum. They don't tell you what you're buying. They're yeah. just like, it's all included. Oh, you want an itemized receipt? Nope. Anywhere from 4000 to $6,000 a person. Which is nuts to me. And I'm sure that's probably, like, feel free, if anybody watching this
1: knows, feel free to leave us a comment if this is, like, kind of the going rate for this shit. I don't sign up for a lot of yuppie like yoga retreats but i would imagine that that's pretty fucking expensive
0: and you think oh well she's not in it for money she's there to heal people well that brings me to one of the potential teachers for one of the seminars that was held in 2016 not a breatharian (laughs) no uh, her name was ava cinders she said that she was reached out to teach a class at one of these retreats with travel room and board covered yep but no pay. Dude, it's so dirty.
1: That's such a shitty thing to do. We'll, we'll get your room and board. I'm Okay, first of all, you rent the hotel, so you're not really doing me any favors there. So you're just paying for my travel ticket. Yeah. Thanks for the 400
0: bucks. Uh and she said that you know they flew like Spirit or something too. <laughs> well, I guess they would fly Spirit <laughs> Airlines, wouldn't they? Yeah. She said that nothing was like she would receive no money, which means Teal would be getting about 1200 to 1600 net gain per person at each retreat. So, for 12 to 14 people, that's anywhere from $15,000 to $20,000 in her pocket. In Costa Rica. In Costa Rica for everyone else's work. Because if you look at the terms and services, of uh, they're fucking hilarious. Well, oh, I mean, the yeah, the waiver is nuts. I'm about to talk about the waiver. Yeah. Uh, but in her terms and services for the seminar, one of them is uh, we cannot, <laughs> you cannot, expect an appearance, a personal one-on-one <laughs> consultation or a group consultation from teal unless it's otherwise specified. So you're you're her follower, you're paying all this money to go to her retreat, they can't even guarantee that she'll be there. Jeez. And if she is, that brings us to the next point that says you will not talk to teal or ask her personal questions. Make no
1: icon, Which is really interesting because one of the, like, the big driving factors that Teal advertises herself as, and that they advertise these retreats as, say, you'll get a bunch of FaceTime with Teal, you can do Q&As with her, you can talk
0: to her all you want, but then, when you read the actual fucking waiver, it says, if you do that, we will kick you out. Yep. <laughs> uh, and if you cancel, within three weeks of whenever the seminar is, it's non-refundable. Which is crazy because, like, if you were traveling, three weeks is plenty of time. hmm And... If you do have to cancel, they charge you an additional $150. It's beautiful. And I wonder
1: how often flights and shit get canceled. And I wonder how cutthroat they are about that. Because if you're flying into Costa Rica, it's 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 you know it's not going to be terrible. But you are going to run into weather problems for sure. Uh,
0: she also, to go off about... And how, also dinosaur problems. That is where Jurassic Park is. To go off about how big of a fucking scam she is. She had this... Well, she, she's very tall. Uh, she's... Quoted to be Amazonian. Uh, (laughs) uh, Frequently spoken about uh, her best techniques to deal with anger. And according to one of her seminars that she gave in 2016, she stated that suppression of anger can have dangerous consequences. And when she suppressed anger, she became a ticking time bomb. But her theory is that there are two deciding differences in anger between constructive anger and deconstructive anger. And this reporter kind of wrote down everything she was talking about this seminar, took it home, evaluated it, and realized that it was word for word ripped from a TED Talk. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of her stuff is cribbed, and it kind of has to be, you know? Like, when you're talking, when you're combining all this historical spirituality and you're trying to put it all together, you're going to have to start lying at some point to make it bend and fit, because they're not, they're not from the same fucking cultures. They're not no. from the same stories. So when you start... Sorry, I apparently have the hiccups. So when you start to bend and move them together, yeah, you're going to run into all kinds of fucking
0: problems. So to go back to the waiver, this is... Yeah, let's talk about the waiver. This is ripped directly from the waiver that you get if you sign up for one of these seminars. It says, quote, I acknowledge that PSA and their directors, officers, volunteers, representatives, and agents... Do are, are, are not responsible for the errors, omissions, acts, or failures to act of any party or entity conducting a specific activity on their behalf. I acknowledge that this activity may involve a test of a person's physical or mental limits and carries with it the potential for death, serious injury, illness, and property loss. The risks include, but are not limited to, those caused by terrain, facilities, temperature, weather, condition of participants, equipment, vehicular traffic, lack of hydration, Insect and wildlife populations and the actions of other people.
1: Man, that's, I mean, that's a pretty boilerplate, uh, like um waiver for serious things like if you were to go to like a water park or something like that something where you could there's a lot of motion and you could get hurt um it's also worth pointing out that while she does have that waiver uh, a lot of people have waivers like that and it doesn't protect them would you like to talk about james ray
0: yes so on october 8th 2009 at a new age spiritual warrior retreat conceived and hosted by james ray who is a self-help author best known As a contributor to The Secret.
1: Yeah, so if any of you felt like, man, a lot of this, like, you just have to manifest it and just think about it, and you have to make it yours, and you have to just choose. If you felt like a lot of that felt like it was coming from The Secret, it's because, yeah, it was coming from The Secret.
0: Well, he was hosting this retreat at the Angel Valley Retreat Center in Sedona, and two participants named James Shore and Kirby Brown died as a result of being in a non-traditional sweat lodge exercise for several hours.
1: So now, again, having grown up on the res land there, I do find that kind of
0: funny, but it's terrible. Um, it was personally conducted by Ray himself. Eighteen others were hospitalized after suffering burns, dehydration, Fuck. breathing problems, kidney failure, or elevated body temperature. Uh, Liz Newman, another attendee, died on October 17th after being comatose for a week. God. The part is the attendees who had paid up to $10,000 to participate in this retreat had fasted for 36 hours during what was claimed to be a vision quest exercise before the next day's purported sweat lodge.
1: I just realized that uh, running these scams is a great way to save money on like feeding people in the uh, room and board.
0: Actually, we we fast. Uh, There will be no food. We did not have enough budget for food this year. Oh, um. Hungry bellies means clear minds and spirits. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's
1: so dirty. It feels like when, uh, like a stone soup thing, it feels like when you got a really poor mom and she's trying to justify dinner. She's like, we're having um, potato steaks. And it's like, what the fuck is a potato
0: steak? Like? Uh, mashed potatoes and it's shaped like a steak. We're broke. We're having cabbage soup without the cabbage. Huh? <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> so during this period of fasting, participants were left alone in the Arizona desert with a sleeping bag, although. James Ray did offer them Peruvian ponchos for an additional $250. So
1: I'm just going to... sneak in here and say that i have gone camping outside of sedona i don't know probably a hundred times when i was in high school we used to ditch every single day to go swimming at the creek that goes through sedona where all these people were and i can tell you that one of the things i've never done is just laid out in the middle of the day in a sleeping bag that sounds like a terrible fucking idea because sedona while it's not southern arizona it should be made clear that it was very
0: hot it would still be very hot So, after this experience, participants ate a large buffet breakfast before entering the non-traditional structure built for what they had been told would be a sweat lodge ceremony. Man, I bet they were hella dehydrated, too. Yeah. Because there's zero humidity. Like, it's dry as fuck. You really have
1: to remember it. Uh, It's easy in Arizona to go your whole day and be like, man, I feel terrible at the end of the day. And it's like, well, when did you have water?
0: So, the site owner reported that she learned after the event that participants went two days without water before entering the sweat lodge.
1: Well, they didn't have anything
0: to sweat out. Nope. So Ray uh, was convicted on three counts of criminally ne- negligent homicide after a trial that spent nearly four months.
1: And he recently just lost his appeal and will continue to be convicted of those three counts because he had them sign that waiver and he thought he would be fine. So Teal, why don't you remember that shit when you're having people sign this waiver that's like, oh, I'm protected. No, you're not. No, you're not. And hopefully, hopefully, in the event that you hurt another person, we're going to get in now that we're in, and the podcast, we'll get into the people that you've hurt. You hurt another person. Hopefully you're going to be fucking legally liable for it. Now talk about the people she's hurt, Caleb.
0: Yeah, so there have been many people uh, in her following that have sadly taken their own lives because of her teachings. Um, one of them was a young girl at the age of 18 who... An she 18-year-old girl. Uh, she felt like an outcast, and she didn't know what to do, so she found Teal's teachings. Her mother even stated in an interview that after she took her own life, she went into her room to collect her belongings and found multiple drawings of Teal. Um, she said she idolized Teal, but... She said that she felt like an outcast. She felt like her life had no meaning. And she reached out to other members of the supposed help group that she was part of that Teal ran. And they basically were like, well, You should kill yourself. It's like calling a suicide helpline and the person being like, Yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah, go for it, puss. And she, she like, Went on the site. Everyone was like, well, if you don't like this life, remember there's one after it. You should just end your life. Go to the next one. You
1: can't tell an 18-year-old that. No. They are not smart enough. Smart's unfair. They're not experienced enough to understand that you're full of
0: shit. Yeah. Uh, And that's exactly what she did. She, She left home. She went out to a field, and she took her own life. And it's not the only person. There have been other people who lost every, like, not lost their life, but they just neglected every aspect of their life and became homeless. There are people that went to the church, left a different church, lost all of their family. When they realized that Teal was pushing bullshit, they tried to go back, and they had no family to go back to. Yeah,
1: and, I mean, that's the cult thing. Yeah. That's what happens, you know? Like, we talked about that with 7N Films because mm-hmm. the whole reason that came up was because Miranda's parents were worried that something had happened to her because she's joined a cult. That being said, not every cult is super duper dangerous in the same way. I think they're all dangerous. Um, I also think that, you know, all religions are also cults. I think that capitalism is a cult. I think a lot of things are cultish if we think about the way that we follow them. Um, And I think all of that can be dangerous. It just depends on, you know, what you do. It's like any other thing. If it feels good, you got to make sure that you don't do too much of it or it's probably bound to hurt you.
0: Yeah. And Uh, so she keeps peddling these ideas and they're so painful and She even says on her website multiple times that this isn't to get rid of your pain. This is to get you to live with the pain. She's like, if you are here to feel good, I'm sorry this isn't the program for you.
1: Yeah, she has this, like, she clearly had a really hard time and she takes it out on others. She doesn't see it as a chain of abuse, and I think a lot of the advice, the quote-unquote advice she's giving people um, is just projections of her own feelings. Mm -hmm. I think it's the reason she can sit there and ramble on and on and on is because it's how she feels, and I think she has a lot of unresolved emotion, and I think that's what we hear coming out of her in these instances, but I also think that because of that, she's an incredibly dangerous person, um, and that those who follow her need to be aware that your life is worth a lot more than what she says. You only get one. I mean, for what it's worth, you should at least act like you only get one. Let, reincarnation be a fucking pleasant surprise then or heaven or whatever, but at least act like this life matters if not just for the sake of your neighbors whose lives matter. So, yeah, I mean this idea that she pushes people to kill themselves to start over again, that's bullshit. You're not going to start over again. And like, we don't know nearly enough about something like the afterlife, if it exists or reincarnation, if it's possible, um, pretty much all we know is that 21 grams leave your body when you die. That's all we know. And beyond that, I think it's incredibly dangerous to build your life around what happens when you die. And I feel that way about any... And I don't think all religious people do that, but I think some religious people do that, and I think that they do so in a way to try to give themselves safety. It's clear yeah. that she built this whole fucking—this is WandaVision, right? Like, this is a woman who felt grief and used it as an opportunity—and I don't want to say woman like that. This is a human being who felt grief and decided to build a huge fucking fake world around her so she wouldn't have to see that grief anymore. No. And the way that she hides that grief is she says it doesn't exist. It's not grief. It's your choice. You made the wrong choice. It's not real grief. That's not a real thing you can feel. Because if you could really feel it, I would be feeling it. I certainly don't repress it. Which, you know, also to get into the repressive stuff, not only can you believe sometimes stuff that is impressed upon you, but like memory implantation is a pretty common thing. And a lot of psychologists will tell you that it's not uncommon for you to remember something that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for a memory to be false falsely placed into your head, look into false confessions and stuff like that. But it's not uncommon. I know it sounds like it's impossible, but it's really not. It's not difficult at all to convince a person that they did something.
0: not at all. Like there's multiple studies about it, especially like, like you said, with false confessions and stuff like that, you can have someone that was like, oh, I saw a crime. And it's like, oh, what happened there? Said, well, he stabbed him and he got in a car and he drove away. And they're like, oh, well, what color was the car? And the person's like, I don't remember. And they're like, that's fine. Go home. Then they bring him back a week later and they're like, hey, looking at this report, uh, you said that you saw him stab him and then jump in the blue car and drive away, right? And they're like, yeah, that's right. He jumped into a blue car and drove away. And prosecutors will do that and they'll basically coax people into being like, you remembered this, this, and this, right? And they're like, I'm not sure, and then bring them back and being like, hey, last time you were here, you said you remembered this, this, and this, and they're like, I guess so.
1: Yeah, well, because there's no, like, positive, there's no evidence that there is a, a sacred timeline. There's no, yeah. absolutely, this is what happened, so you can't check it against anything. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, ultimately, kind of, do you think that's what happened? And you have to, at some point, like, our biases, we're not as fucking smart and sophisticated as we like to mm-hmm. think we are. And we like to think we are because we're not that smart and sophisticated. And yeah. yeah, it causes it causes us to think all kinds of stupid ideas that Aren't true.
0: And just to finally reiterate, she dumbs things down so much and pushes them in such a positive way. That's what's so harmful. Yeah. If she has one blog post that is titled The Clamshell That Holds the Pearl. And it's talking about your life and how inside are all these other lives and memories. And the only way to get that pearl is to crack you open.
1: Yeah, she wants people to fuck themselves up. Oh, and I was also going to say a thing about, med- here's what I'm going to say about what she does, because it relates to the meditation thing. Uh, so studies have, re- have shown that the uh, vibration, the physical vibration that your brain is functioning at, when you're reaching nirvana during meditation, like Buddhist monks who claim they're in nirvana, they've put, you know, uh, the brainwave caps on them. And the vibration that they're putting out is the same vibration that you emit when you're tripping on mushrooms and the earliest monks, the Jainists in all likelihood did consume mushrooms. If you guys have watched our stoned ape theory episode, Mm -hmm. you know about that. And, and, if you want to explore your consciousness and you want to look into it, I did too. I grew up with a very traumatic childhood and I grew up with a lot of bullshit and I wanted to understand how to unpack that. And I didn't have the money or the ability to go to therapy or anything like that. So I had to sort of self-diagnose. So I understand where she's coming from, but what she's talking about, the type of improvement she wants, you do actually get if you just take mushrooms. Yeah. If you just take mushrooms or you try LSD, something like that, I'd stay away from DMT. DMT doesn't really teach you much. It's just fun. Um, don't do frog venom, you fucking assholes. That goes with the tribe thing. Don't do that. That's not, you're fucking ruining the environment where those come from. Stop doing that. Just do regular 5 MEO DMT if you need to. But try mushrooms, man. If you want to really get introspective and you want to talk about your ego and you want to deal with some difficult thoughts that are constantly in your head, in my experience, historically, the easiest way to do so is with psilocybin. Mm-hmm. I think psilocybin is the easiest way to approach your problems. And if you want to crack that egg open, what's nice about it, and she tells people to do that on their own, and she tries traumatizes them mushrooms do the same thing but they force your brain to be honest without being cruel yeah it's it's like this it's a it's a firm fairness and an honesty but she does it through cruelty she calls you weak she breaks you that's you're never going to get anywhere you're just causing more damage
0: yeah that's like (laughs) that's being like oh man there's uh a nail hole in my wall, better fix that and just slam a hammer into it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, the nail hole's gone now, but now there's a fucking hammer <laughs> hole. Like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So
1: it just doesn't really fix it. And in my experience, the applications of psilocybin that I've seen do work really well, and they do really help with this sort of thing. And if you're trying to... The nice thing also about doing something like psilocybin-defined clarity is you know you're fucking high when you're doing it. I sometimes think like people like Teal Swan don't understand that she's just high on her imagination. That's what this is. She's tripping, but she's tripping on her own made up bullshit. And, it would be way more fun teal if you would just trip on actual acid you wouldn't have to make anything up your body would take care of it for you and if you did mushrooms it would come without all of the fucking baggage that basically makes real self improvement impossible yeah yeah so my advice is if you want if you are uh, a teal swaniac or if you're one of these fans or maybe you're you're watching this because you've heard about her or you're thinking about this yourself or maybe you've had some questions of self harm or whatever i am not a fucking doctor and this is definitely not medical advice but i would i would consider Trying mushrooms first, try psilocybin first. Uh, don't dive, Don't do DMT. Like I said, don't. That does. That's not going to fix your brain. I think that the Roganites really like it because it's um, it's an exciting drug to take. Certainly, This is where I'm going to go into. And see, I, I look like this for a reason. I am a very tenured <laughs> drug user. Um, at least those types. But you know, like well, psychedelics anyway. And I do legitimately think a lot of them help. I, I don't really think that. I think Molly can help. I think you take MDMA that can really help too.
0: The Joe Rogan crowd likes DMT so much because you can have the fun experience, but it will not change your mindset on anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can still
1: be a conservative prick about it or whatever.
0: Yeah, because DMT, DMT is
1: fun, but it's just not the same. And it's not like it's not interactive. I like to take mushrooms and go to the amusement park, or like take LSD and go to the movies or something because it's fun. It's fucking exciting. I think DMT is kind of for cowards. It's like a drug that you do where you sit inside and you go, I'm gonna get real high and close my eyes and see dreams. Oh, fuck that! Throw me at the world. Make me somebody else problem. Fill me full of LSD and then make me somebody else's issue. That's way more fun for me.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say... <laughs> Leave your favorite psychedelic in the comments. Yeah, don't do DMT, because you might be 15 at a concert and get real scared because you didn't know you took it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's even worse. Alright, well, with that said, uh, do do psychedelics. Don't do Teal Swan. Yeah. Uh, be, be true to yourself. As yeah. someone who has gone through not not this sort of situation, but through a situation where I was afraid to be who I am and unpack things in my life, uh, do it. Do it, whether it's therapy, whether it's safe drug use, whether it don't... I'm Join a cult, but not one that tells you to kill yourself. Yeah, man. Discover something in yourself because you will, you will feel better for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be true to yourself. Listen to what you need. No one knows you like you. So just... Be positive. Uh, I know that's a real shitty thing to s- not. You should smile more, but know that the world's not always out to get you. Uh, you're not the main character. You're not the main character. This this world was around way before you were, and it'll be well, hopefully, around way <laughs> longer after you. But the way we're treating it might not be so. Yeah. But yeah, just be true to yourself. Acknowledge yourself. Acknowledge your needs, and that's the best way to heal. Um yeah that's basically all I wanted to say and don't kill yourself don't Don't kill yourself I don't have a
1: problem with suicide I think that's somebody's choice if you want to do it that's up to you I don't ever resent a person for doing that it's your life it's your call but don't do it man run it till the fucking wheels run off we get a very rare opportunity with life and this isn't some like life is beautiful shit it's not life is fucking hard and it's frustrating and most of the time it's not what you'd like it to be and we didn't ask to be here but you are here so fuck it make the most of it it's kind of like when you got to go to work right like you don't have to you don't have to enjoy it you just got to make the most of it. And life is the same way. So do the best that you can. And obviously the best way you can do that is uh, by liking and subscribing to our channel and leaving comments. (laughs) You know, that's the easiest way to enjoy your life. All right. well uh, that's a beautiful speech by the way, Caleb. I totally agree with you. And I think that the best thing a person can do is be yourself unapologetically if you are around a lot of people who don't get you. Understand that you need to find people who do. You don't need to force them to get you. And I say that I've never fucking fit in, man. I've been the square. I'm not even a square pig. I'm not even a fucking pig and I still come in the set. You know what I mean? I'm the I'm the, I, I I'm make
0: the creakly I'm, fry in the curly fry. I was about to say, I'm the plastic fruit in the, in the peg game. You're <laughs> yeah. like, how the fuck did that get there? It doing here?
1: So I understand and I understand not fitting in and I understand that frustration and the fear and all the things that come with that and I also know that all the happiness that I have sought in my life has been when I set that shit down, I kicked it to the curb and I said, fuck it, let's just go be myself. Because yeah. you will find your people. You will. You will. I promise you will. There might not be a lot of them if you live in some tiny little town, but you will find your people, I promise. And gravitate towards the people who take care of you and love you for how weird you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, with that said, uh, we're not done yet, folks. We're not done yet. It is still... Don't revelatory. touch that dial. Don't you dare. <laughs> it's <laughs> riddle time. Do things even have dials anymore? Yeah, guitars. Yeah, yeah, guitars. Watches. Some, some
0: cars. Some cars. Leave your favorite dial in the comments. <laughs> and your least favorite dial. I'll tell you mine. The soap. My- <laughs> My least favorite dial is the cars whose gear shift is a dial. Yeah, that, that shit drives me crazy. That's, that's not what that's supposed to be. I'm gonna accidentally throw my shit into reverse while I'm, I'm trying to down turn down the, the air on. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Alright, we'll hit him with the riddle, Caleb. Last week's riddle was what runs but never walks, murmurs and babbles but never talks, has a bed but never sleeps, has a mouth but never eats. It's a river. Oh yeah, I
1: was thinking it was something like that. I knew it had to be like some kind of weird pun. But it's been Derby week, so I thought about it when you said it, and I was like,
0: okay, that's left my head. So this week's is, I have branches and am full of green. A tree. (laughs) But no fruit trunk or leaves? Not a tree. What am
1: I? Not a tree. It's not a tree. (laughs)
0: All
1: right. well, leave your answers in the comments. Tell us what your favorite dial is. And And your least favorite dial. And your least favorite dial.
0: tell us if you think Teal
1: Swan's full of shit. We already know. She is. (laughs) Feel free to send this to Teal. Teal, if you want to have a face-to-face, I'm right here, baby. We can talk about it anytime. You are scaring people, you're hurting people, and you're stealing their fucking money. Stop doing that. I've been successful in my life for the same amount of time that you have, and I didn't do it by being a lying piece of shit that takes advantage of people. I did it by actually taking care of people. You can do the same thing. That said, we love you guys very much. We will take care of you by seeing you next week. And if you want to check out our little new show, it's a lot of fun. It's 10 minutes of us every what Saturday and Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. So we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the show. Share it. We'll see you then. Bye.